Thursday Such a crazy, lazy day Thursday has its own peculiar way Of saying hey Sometimes Thursday almost Makes you want to run away Oh, we love our Thursdays. We love Thursdays early in the morning, don't we, Chester? Did you catch the temperature out there, Chester? 12 degrees. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast for Thursday, uh, February the 11th, 2021. And uh, we're in St. Louis, and we usually record this normally very early in the morning, about 5 o'clock in the morning. And this morning here in St. Louis, as we look out the window, it is a balmy 12 degrees with a wind chill of zero. <laughs> that is zero. Nothing. Cold out there. They're canceling schools today. We've had some snow and uh, it just it won't melt. And the roads, it's very hard for the chemicals to work when it gets this cold. But I'm sure I'm not telling anything, telling you anything if you live in the north or probably the northeast. But I was talking to my good friend Ray down in uh, Orlando yesterday and they had 80 degrees. Anyway, glad to have you along. This is Thursday and on Thursdays we play an old-time radio western, and we are not going to disappoint you today. So what we would like you to do is put on your your uh, woolly, yeah, what, what, what did they used to, sleepers? What Remember that the old pajamas you used to have when you were a kid where you had footies in them? And what are they, it, weren't those sleepers? Anyway, put on your long johns, get warm, uh, get over there in that big easy chair, get your feet up, get a big old blanket over you and uh, maybe get something hot to drink or a little snack and let the cares of the day drift away because we're going to come right back at you with this week's old time radio western Thursday's got its own peculiar way of saying sometimes Thursday makes you want to run away
Ah, yes, as you can tell from the music, we have an episode of Gunsmoke for our old-time radio western today. This one is going back to 1956. Uh, The original air date was July 22nd of that year. This has a big cast, and it's all the Gunsmoke Ensemble. Of course, we have William Conrad, Parley Bear, George Ellis, Howard McNear, but we also have, <laughs> here it goes, Vic Perrin, Harry Bartell, Lawrence Stopkin, John Daner, Jack Moyles, and James Nusser. And the name of this one is The Lynching Man. And it's, uh, it was going to introduce you to two really wonderful characters by the name of Ed Shelby and Bob Gringle. And you're just going to love these guys. You're going to meet them in the very opening scene. And that's about all I'm going to tell you. But they're just they're just a, a barrel of laughs, these guys. And they create a situation that it takes Matt Dillon to solve. So here we go. We're going back to 1956 for Gunsmoke and The Lynching Man. city and in the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun smoke. Starring William Conrad, the transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America, and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Shelby? No. Looks like some kind of tenderfoot to me. Who else would camp in a grove of trees cutting no water? 
Yeah, have a little talk with it. You look scared, Kringle. <laughs> Seen men look scared before. Hello, mister. Oh? Camped you all alone? Yeah, scouting around for some homestead land. Good-looking horse you got over there. He seems to be a good horse. He's awful young. I think I'll take a look at him. Sure. What you men doing out here? Oh, we just ride around. We scout for things, too. Land? Uh-uh. <laughs> we ain't the kind of settle down to hard work like that. I had a little orchard back in Ohio. Raised apples. Yeah. Yeah, apples are fine. Wished I had one now. Hey, Kringle. Yeah? That there horse ain't got no brand on him. No brand? It washed off crossing the river. You're talking about washed off. It did. I ain't lying. <laughs> well, it don't matter, huh? Go get your rope, Shelby. I'll get it. What's he need a rope for? Well, now, don't you worry about that, mister. We'll take care of everything. What are you going to do? I told you not to worry. Now, look, uh, I ain't done nothing. Of course you ain't. We're just going to save you from all that hard work you was planning on. No. All right, I got it, Shelby. Hurry up. Let me Stand go. Still. Let me go, will you? Maybe there's water in this grove, Mr. Dillon. Well, if there is, somebody's dug a well, Chester. Oh, you been here before? I've passed by. I swear I'm going to start toting me a water bag. <laughs> That's the easy way, Chester. Bet it is. Yeah, somebody's had a campfire here recently. Mm. Yesterday sometime, I'd say. Yeah. That big rain last night washed out all the prints. So. It sure did. Oh, God, there's got to be a spring here somewhere. I'm going to take a look. You're wasting your time, Chester. I don't mind. I never saw a man who needed the comforts of home more than he does. Mr. Dillon? Mr. Dillon, come here, quick! Huh? Look. Scared me half to death. I seen him hanging there. It isn't a very pretty sight. There ain't no horse around. Where's his horse? Yeah, he probably stole it. And then they caught up with him and took it back. Who do you suppose done it? I don't know. I don't know how we're ever going to find out. Well, come on. Let's cut him down. And get him into the ground. I'd do if I rode into a grove of trees and found a man hanging there? Well, I hope it never happens, Kitty. Mm. 
How can men do such things? Now, it's easy. For some men. I hope you catch him. I'd like to, Kitty. Who was he, Matt? Now, we found an envelope on him. Yeah. His name was Hank Blennis. Must have been a newcomer. I never heard of him. Well, he wasn't wanted by the law that I know of. But I guess he was a horse thief, all right. Well, they wouldn't have lynched him otherwise, would they? No. Then why don't you find out who's had a horse stolen recently? Well, they wouldn't likely be talking about it now, Kitty. Well, things could be worse, Matt. No, what do you mean? Suppose there wasn't any law at all. Then people wouldn't even have to hide what they do. Now at least they know they're doing wrong. Well, that doesn't seem to stop them much. <laughs> Marshal Dillon? Ah, uh, yeah. My name's Charlie Drain, Marshal. Uh-huh. I run cattle up north on the Republican River. Happened to be in Dodge on business, and I heard about that lynching yesterday. Now, you know something about it, Drain? I know I don't like it. My own pa was lynched, Marshal. A mob strung him up by mistake. I was just a boy, but I seen him do it, and it's laid in my mind ever since. Uh, yeah, I can understand that. But, uh, what about this lynching? It's a big thing with me, Marshal. I can't endure seeing no lynchers get off free. Well, I don't like it myself, Trent. Then you do something about it, or I will. Now, Matt. Maybe you better tell me what you got in mind, Trent. A fella named Gil Mather. Got a little ranch over on Dove Creek. I've heard round about that he's had a horse or two stole recently. And I've heard that he's talked to hanging whoever stole him. Now, it looks to me like he went and done it, Marshal. I know, Gilt Mather. Well, then maybe you better go bring him in. Or you will, huh? I'll see him dead. I told you how I feel about things. I ain't fooling, Marshal. Train, I got some advice for you. Is that so? Why don't you take a walk around Dodge and talk to some people, huh? You ask them what I'm like when somebody tries to crowd me. Then you go sit down somewhere and think about it. You think about it real hard. I didn't know Gil Mather was married, Mr. Dillon. He isn't, Chester. Well, then who's that boy in the corral yonder feeding his horses? That's Billy Driscoll. He works for Mather off and on. Oh. You think Mather will fight? I'm not arresting him, Chester. I got no evidence says he did it. Well, what if he admits it? And it's not often a man admits to a crime, Chester. Guess mm, not. Hello there, Marshal. Chester. Oh. How are you, Mather? Oh, fair to Midland, Marshal. What brings you out here? I was told that you've lost some horses. I didn't lose them, Marshal. They were stole. Three of them now. Any idea who's been doing it? If I knew, there'd be a man hanging from a limb, Summers. There was one, Mather. Right? About 20 miles north of here, a man called Hank Blennis. Was he a horse thief? Probably. Who hung him? Now, some people think maybe you did. No. No, it wasn't me. But horse thieves has got to be hung, Marshal. Mather Blennis was lynched Thursday. Where were you then? You questioning my word, Marshal? Where were you? Marshal, you got any evidence, you come arrest me. 
Meantime, I got work to do. Contrary, ain't he, Mr. Jones? Yeah. It sure looks to me like he's hiding something. Well, I can't arrest him for that. Come on, let's get back to town. You asleep? Huh? Who, who said that? Oh, well, oh. Oh, it's you, man. <laughs> you uh, sure don't do much to dress this town up, Doc. Oh, what man's got a better right to sit out here and rest his eyes for a few minutes? Oh? I was up the entire night nursing old Mrs. Jackstone through a fever. Well, maybe we ought to tie a sign on you explaining that, Doc. Folks might not understand otherwise. Oh, folks can go hang. I'm here if anybody needs me. Well, a man would have to be mighty sick to need a doctor who looks like he's sleeping off a drunk. Don't harp at me, Matt Dillon. From what I hear, you're not exactly distinguishing yourself at your own trade. <laughs> well, you got me there, Doc. <laughs> yeah, you bet your life. And since you admit it, then I won't say any more to well, you. Well, good. <laughs> Even though it does kind of look bad when people can go around stringing up anybody they please and with no interference from the law... Uh, yeah, well, thanks for not saying any more about it, Doc. Oh, I'm not one to twist the knife. Now, you know that. Oh, sure. Marshal Dillon, I want to talk to you. Uh, what's the trouble now, Drain? I'm tired waiting, Marshal. Something's got to be done. Drain, why don't you go back up to your ranch and leave all this to me, huh? Because you ain't doing nothing, that's why. You see them two men over there, Marshal? What? Them two standing over there. Well, who are they? One is Kringle and one is Jack Shelby. And they feel as strong as I do about all this. All right, Drain. You don't have to go back to your ranch. I don't care where you go, but you get out of Dodge and you take your friends there with you. If I see any one of you around after sundown, I'll throw you in jail. I take it back, joking you, Matt. You are kind of up against it. You know, Doc, I just thought of something. Yeah? What? That fellow Blunnis was obviously a dude. He wasn't even wearing the right kind of clothes for a man who'd been out here very long. Maybe he wasn't a horse thief at all. Then why would anybody lynch him? Well, I'm going over to the stable, Doc. Maybe Moss Grimmick can help me. fellow, Marshal. That's him. That's what he looked like. What kind of a horse was it, Moss? A little three-year-old bay. Real young, but plum gentle. Had four white stockings, Marshal. Yeah, that gives me something to go on. There's another thing, too. That horse wasn't branded. What? Well, I raised him myself, and I just never got around to put no mark on him. Except for no good stuff I bought. What stuff? Oh, fellas told us to me some kind of chemical powder... You wet it and then kind of paint your brain down with it and suppose to take the hair off. But it don't work. I tried it on another animal. It just washed right off. Yeah. And whoever's got that little bay of yours could put his own brand on him, huh? 
I'm a real fool, Marshal, believing you can brand a horse rubbing a little chemical powder on him. <laughs> well, we all get taken sometimes, Moss. I stopped Gil Mather from getting took, though. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. He come in here the other day and asked me about it. I told him. What day was that, Moss? Thursday. Him and the boy, Billy Driscoll, they come to town every Thursday, Marshal. Come in early, spend the whole day. Why? Something wrong? Hank Blennis was lynched Thursday. Well, you wasn't thinking Gil Mather done it, was you? Charlie Drain was, and he still is. I better go find him, Moss. Nobody around at all, Mr. Dunn. Maybe they're in the house, Chester. Want for me to go see? I uh, will tie up here by the barn first. All right, sir. Could be Mather and the boys eating their dinner, Mr. Dunn. <laughs> at least you hope so. Huh? Well, any man gets a little hungry now and then. Wait a minute, Chester. Well, that's Charlie Drain. Yeah. They was in the barn. Them other two fellas, they must be Pringle and Shelby you told me about. Yeah, that's them. What are you doing out here, Marshal? I'm looking for Gil Mather, Drain. He ain't around. Chester. Yes, sir. See if he's in the barn. I said he ain't around, didn't I? Go ahead, Chester. Yes, sir. Then don't any one of you try to stop him. Now, which one of you is Kringle and which is Shelby? I'm Kringle, he's Shelby. Why? And it's my job to know who people are, that's all. Now you know. Yeah, now I know. If you ask me, it's your job to punish criminals, Marshal. You're right, Trent. Well, you ain't been doing very good at it. I'm kind of slow sometimes. You're too slow. Mr. Dillon. Mr. Dillon. They're in there. Gil Mather and the boy, both of them. Don't stand in front of me, Chester. They're dead. These fellows went and hung them, both of them. Keep your hand away from that gun, Kringle. You can't blame me. Me nor Shelby. It was Drain's idea. He paid us to come along with him, is all. Billy was just a kid. Why'd they have to hang him for? So he was a kid. He was keeping mighty bad company, now wasn't he? Drain, both the boy and Gil Mather were in Dodge the day Hank Blennis was lynched. Are you sure of that? There are witnesses. I don't want no more part of this. Come on, Shelby. Hold it, Kringle. Well, you ain't stopping me, Marshal. Is that your bay horse over there? With the four white stockings? What about it? It's pretty smart of you to lynch a man rather than shoot him when you go to steal his horse. What are you saying, Marshal? They hung Blennis Drain. I guess they figured helping you with Mather and the boy would put everybody off their track. So they lynched him. They done it. Why, you dirty no, dogs! Why, he killed them. He killed both of them. Sure, I killed them. They had it coming now, didn't they? Give me that gun, Trent. I said, give it to me. Lynchers. All the time, there was nothing but a couple of dirty leechers. He's crazy, Mr. Dillon. I hate them. What do you think you just did in the barn there, Drain? I made a mistake. I can't help 
That I only wish I could have hung these two. They deserved it. Just like them fellas that lynched my pa. I ain't never seen a man so mixed up. I hate lynching. Sometimes a man can hate too much, Ryan. <laughs> Sometimes I can twist him till he gets where he doesn't really belong. I don't know what you mean. Well, it doesn't matter now. Not anymore. <laughs> William Conrad. You know, on the frontier, bullets cost eight cents apiece, so they were seldom wasted. But next week, it's a stray bullet that kills a man. And that was the West. Good night. Gunsmoke, produced and directed by Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Our story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Bill James. Featured in the cast were Vic Perrin, Harry Bartell, Lawrence Dobkin, John Daner, Jack Moyles, and James Nusser. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Join us again next week for another specially transcribed story on Gunsmoke. And the name of that episode was Lynching Man, and that was Gunsmoke, as originally heard on CBS July 22nd, 1956. That was a John Meston script. And, of course, he was so familiar with the Old West, having been brought up around the Four Corners up in Navajo uh, territory, and very familiar with uh, ranching and ranchers, and no doubt heard many stories of Western lore when he was a kid. This week of February 2021, that will kick things in the head. That is all there is, there ain't no more. We will be back on the weekend with a archive show, so we look forward to seeing you then. And I've been toying with the idea of starting a new category and calling it Grab Bag. And just whenever I feel like dropping a show that doesn't fit into any of our other categories in that and just releasing it, maybe on a Friday, maybe on a Saturday, not every Friday and not every Saturday, just when I feel like it. But uh, so don't be surprised if all of a sudden you get something in your mail uh, or however you have the podcast delivered to you that says uh, grab bag because maybe we'll throw a little uh, maybe a quiz show in there. Maybe a science fiction show. Uh, Who knows? Maybe even a musical show. Although those weren't preserved as well 
At any rate, we're glad that you came along today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Gunsmoker. We'll be back Monday with an all-new, that is an all-new show that features one of the great old-time radio comedies and on Tuesday, a drama, on Wednesday, a mystery, and, and next Thursday, another Western. Since this is Thursday, and since we are uh, listening to Westerns, I thought we'd go out tonight with a little Marty Robbins. And you tell me, as you listen to this song, if it is not appropriate to the theme of our show today. This is Bob Bro. I am so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me. To town to search for gold, and I brought with me a memory, and I seem to hear the night and cry. Go hang your dreams on the hanging tree, your dreams of love that could never be. Never be. Hang your faded dreams on the hanging tree. Searched for gold and I found my gold And I found a girl who loved just me And I wished that I could love her too But I'd left my heart on the hanging tree I left my heart with the memory And a faded dream on the hanging tree There were men who craved my gold And meant to take my gold from me When a man is gone, he needs no gold So they carried me to the hanging tree To join my dreams and a memory Yes, they carried me to the hanging tree Almost died, and it happened just that way with me. They took the gold and set me free, and I walked away from the hanging tree. I walked away from the hanging tree, and my own true love, she walked with me. That's when I knew that the Hanging tree, the hanging tree.